Welcome to the Roboticist Chronicles, an ARC Specialties podcast, where we get into the nuts and bolts of robots, automation, and the implications of an evolving machine workforce. Hello, I'm Dan Alford with ARC Specialties, and you're listening to the Roboticist Chronicles. Got a special guest today, a fellow roboticist from ARC Specialties. Welcome to the show, Esteban. Thank you for having me. Okay, let's, let's back up. How did we meet? Well, I came to Weltes here one day, and you were walking with a crowd of people. And for some reason, we kind of locked eyes, and you gave me that look like, he can be a good potential candidate for this company. And you passed the test. And I passed the test. What, what was the test? Was it like, it was uh, FluxCore, right? Yes, sir. Vertical. Vertical up. One inch plate. With FluxCore wire. Yes, sir. Had you ever welded FluxCore before? Yes, sir. So where did you learn to weld? Well, my dad is a welder. My older brother is a welder. Runs in the family? Runs in the family. My but dad was a welder, by the way. He's a stick welder. He didn't really like welding wire. So he's always been uh, like, what you call, a rig welder. Oh, out in the field mm-hmm. with a motor generator. Mm-hmm. Lincoln SA200? Mm-hmm. No. No? Miller? We have, we, we have one of those, but he runs a Vantage now. Oh, okay. Yeah, digital, so he's kind of upping up the scale. Okay. Yeah. But So what do you do for our specialties? So you're doing structural welding. I'm a structural welder, a fabricator, and now I'm learning, I'm trying to learn a little bit of everything. So I'm running the plasma and the bend, bending material, you know, and uh, I want to learn how to program the robots yeah we got the robot there yes. yeah so you, you used to tell me that uh, robots fear you what did you mean by that well i feel like technology is getting pretty ahead but at the same time a robot cannot weld like a human let's say you have a lot of like uh position welds a robot cannot go into the field and do a position well human has to do that you know and i, I feel like a robot has to weld a lot of the same things and, you know, that's... Oh, you're precisely right. If, yeah. if all welders understood what you just said, then then my life would be easier. We're not taking the jobs. We're just doing the simple stuff. Mm-hmm. For the now. Bo- but the boring... Rep- oh, yeah. No, I'm trying to do more and more. Yeah. And you're helping. So. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like also it's taking jobs away from people because some people feel like, oh, I'm a welder. I'm a fabricator. I don't want to learn how to program a robot. But that's where they fail. You know, you got to learn how to do everything if you want to keep on going up. Oh, yeah. If you want to move up in the company. It's like they say, you can't teach an old monkey new tr- a new flit. And so you're already programming the uh, two-axis yes, plasma sir. cutting. Yes, sir. And that's a five-axis press break you're working with. Mm-hmm. And the next step is the six-axis robot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess this is as good a time as any to tell you. Uh, I bought a laser. So uh, next week, you're going to start welding with light. Yeah. Uh, Dave was telling me about that. Yeah, so we got a little bit excited about that. Yeah, two kilowatt laser with a wire feeder. And so, have you ever gas welded with a torch? No. Okay. See, I've gas welded with a flame. I've arc welded and and laser welded. The only other one for you would be electron beam and uh, ultrasonic. So, we'll try to get you into all of that before it's over. I just want to be good at everything. Oh, yeah. No, no, I I appreciate that. I hate no, I hate going into something. And feeling like I'm going to fail because I don't like failing, you know. I like to be the best. Every time I do something, I want to be the best. That's why we always push you a little bit further than you've been. We don't want you to fail. We just want you to grow. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it gets overwhelming because you just you mess up sometimes. And, you know, I don't like like messing up. I don't remember you scrapping anything. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) So you're the guy that builds all the frames and the skids and the tools that go into our robot cells. Yes, sir. 
Interesting. All right. So the backstory on you. Where were you born? I was born in Mexico, Monterrey. What? Monterrey. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, we got robots in Monterrey. Yeah, for Caterpillar, you said, right? My dad used to work there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. In small world. All right. So when and how did you immigrate to the U.S.? When I was six years old. And we came over. It was just in a span of a week. Uh, my dad over there, he's handicapped. He had back surgery. He had an accident at work. And in Mexico, it's different than here. When you're handicapped over there or you're old, they don't really want you. They don't really want you to have a job. They'd rather get a young person to do it. So he felt like there was no future for us over there. So it happened in a week. We just didn't tell no, none of our family members nothing. We just got the paperwork done. They were working on it. Got the paperwork done. It's real hard to get a visa to come over here in Mexico. And once we got that, we came over here, and we've been here ever since. So how old are you now? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. So, and that was your six at the time. Yeah. I had my last birthday over there, kissed everybody goodbye, and I haven't seen them since. You haven't been back? Nope. Really? I was in Mexico last week. I know. It's pretty <laughs> fun, right? <laughs> you need to go back. All right. And so you were part of the Dreamer program, right? Yes, sir. What? It, it tell, tell us about Dreamers. All I know is the word. The Dreamer is basically like opportunity for us to, to not get deported. You know, uh, when I was in high school... Let me backtrack a little bit. When I was in high school, I had a lot of my friends that were going to college, getting getting help to go to college and stuff like that. But as a person that's undocumented, you can't get no no help of that. So I started working at a church's chicken place. And I Brian was chicken. Yeah, I was 17, 18 years old. And I was like, man, this cannot be my life. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And uh, by the time I graduated, like four months after that, we got the opportunity to to have a social security number and a work permit. And that's the reason why I'm able to work. I was going to college for a little bit, but it kind of got difficult for my parents because at that time my parents were not documented. So I had to put in some extra work so I can help them out with stuff around the house, you know? And now that I have the work permit, I, be, I started practicing every lunch break that I could until I became a welder. It took me like eight months but the company that I was working for, they didn't want to let me be a welder. So I had to start jumping around companies so I can, you know, make a decent pay. How long have you been at ARC now? A year and eight months. A year and six months. Six months. Okay. Yeah. Seems to be working out. Yeah. I like uh, it here. It's nice. Good. Good. Uh, we like you. So uh, Dreamers program. So that was uh, that was an Obama program or something? Tell me more about it. What else do you know about it? It's been so long. Honestly, uh I believe it was an Obama program, but once I got the work permit and I knew I can work, all I've been doing was working. I You've been paying taxes ever since? Ever since. I have to pay taxes. If I don't pay taxes, I can't renew the work permit. I have to show proof every time that I renew my work permit. So how often do you taxes. have to do that? What, and what, every two years you have to renew and you have to pay immigration a fee and I have to pay a lawyer a fee so he can put in all my paperwork. Wow. How much? Uh, immigration is like almost 900 bucks and the lawyer is 500 bucks wow. every two years and i had an incident one time they sent me a my work permit they sent it to me for three years that's good and that's not good because it, uh i uh immigration sent me a letter saying if you don't return it we're going to cancel you out so i had to return it right there and then at, the, at that time i was working at a place and i had to return it and i had to let them know they let me go yeah wow. Yeah, until I got my work permit back for two years. Yeah. 
It was. It's tough. It's tough. It's not. It's not easy. And we're sticklers here. Everybody's got to be. Yeah. Have a permit. I don't know if you heard this story. We had uh, we had the guys come in from the government, and they're checking everybody, make sure everybody's legal. And uh, Tony, you know, our machinist, they came in. They said, "Yeah, you got an illegal here." I said, "Who?" They said, "Tony." So I go ask Tony. I said, "Tony, you illegal?" He goes, "No." He went home, got back, came back with a a, a letter from George Bush, welcoming welcoming him to the United States <laughs> as a resident. So no, it's a uh, that's just the way we do it. We play by the rules. So. What are you or what are you trying to do now? Are you going to try to become a permanent resident? Or are you going to be a dreamer forever? I don't get it. What's, what's well, the plan? There's no path to residency or citizenship as a dreamer yet. There's none. There's none. So there's it's every none. two years. Every two years, and if they decide to take it off, like Texas was trying to do that, then I'm screwed. But luckily, my parents became residents now, and they're on the path to becoming citizens. Oh, very good. Yeah. So if Maybe my parents become citizens. Maybe they can petition me. And since I already have a work permit or Social Security, it's like I'm already in the system. So the process might be a little easier for me to get my my residency, you know, so I can go back and see all my family. You know, that they're slowly dying and I can't I can't so if be you go there. Across the border, you can't get can't come back. I can't come dreamer? back. Wow. There's you can go through your lawyer and ask for like permission, but you're going to have to pay up and you run the risk of them not letting you back in the States. Wow. That's rough. It has to be like a real emergency or death or something like that. This sounds like a lot of work. Is it yeah. worth it? Are you glad you came? It's worth it. It's worth it. Um, I'm able to, I was able to help my parents out when they really needed it. And, you know, although I didn't finish college, I was still able to make a career out of the stuff that I do, you know, because being a welder or fabricator, is not bad. You can make an honest living doing that. Mm -hmm. And there's always more room to grow in the industry. So that's why I'm thankful that I came here because you can learn about robots. And all I've seen was robots weld, but I never thought of like me trying to program a robot. Why not? You know, you get caught up busy trying to prove a point as a young welder that you you know you, you can hang with the big dogs and you don't have time to be thinking about stuff like that you just want to prove your point that you can you, you can hang with the big dogs mm -hmm. you know it's always tough i've i mean i hate to say it but working with mexicans is it's, it's not easy you know because they're more hungry than you and you got to show them that hey you got to step your game up so that's what helped me a lot to learn being around them. Competition improves the breed. Yes. <laughs> There's you nothing wrong a, with that. You got to be on top of the game if you want to compete with the best. Mm -hmm. Every time I go to a place, I always, like I said, I always trying to be the best. Even though you can't be perfect, you can at least be 1% better every day. Well, we got quite a variety here at ARC. You know, yeah. anybody that's ever visited has seen all the flags we have. Uh, yeah. We have like 20 flags from 20 countries mm -hmm. celebrating the birthplace of all our, our folks from Russians, Salvadorians, Honduras, all over the place. Yeah. And There's everybody a, gets along. We got a along. Mexican flag, I believe. Yes, everybody gets along. That's why I like it here. Mm -hmm. There's no jealousy. Okay. So uh, let's say somebody is uh, considering immigrating to the United States and they hear your podcast. Give them some advice. Yes, no, maybe. How do you do it? What do you do? Be ready to work a lot. You know, coming from bad place like mexico uh you sh they're not used to working like how we work in the usa it's a lot we of work, work. Harder. we work hard wow yeah but at the same time the money they make over there coming to work over here even if you work in a 
$7.25 job, you're still making more than what you were making over there. And it's the best advice I can give somebody is just you got to plan, you got to focus, and have determination, and then you execute. It takes time, but trust the process. You got to trust the process. Sometimes you feel like, man, I'm going nowhere. Well, you just got to keep on going. No cutting corners because they catch up. Yeah. Well, life's not easy. No, it's not. You know, uh, that's that's how I got through school was welding fork trucks. So I was doing the same thing you're doing, welding the mast and the frames and everything else. So I've been there, done that. Yeah. Hey, uh, all right, here's the big question. If, if you were uh, running the country, how would you change the immigration laws, or are they perfect? They're not perfect. The only thing I would do different would be give everybody a chance. You know, a lot of, I hear a lot of people say that Hispanics come and take people's jobs and they don't pay taxes and they're saying everything they make over here, they send it back to Mexico, boosting that economy. But in reality, I know undocumented people that pay taxes. They actually pay, you know. So the only thing I would change is let them let them be able to provide without having a sense of being scared of getting deported back, you know, because all they want to do is give their kids a better life. At least my parents were, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to school here. I didn't know any English, you know. The first day of school. That's got to be rough. I ran I ran outside of school. They were chasing me because I didn't want to be there. I, didn't, <laughs> I You know, I, I didn't know no English. So, then, so yeah, you came over at six. Yeah. So, yeah, your first day of school in the whole world was. Yeah, I was like, US what? So I was not ready. So I mean, I wouldn't really change much because at the same time, there's people that come here to make an honest living and then there's people that, you know, really do bad things as well. And for those people that do those bad things, the good people take the take the blame as well. So there's something that I don't respect. Yeah, those well, there's good people everywhere, bad people everywhere. Yeah. Then in Baja, they say uh, bad roads, good people, good roads, bad people. Yeah, that's how it is right here. And I, I don't... I mean, it's like all we're trying to do is work, provide, and like I said, give the kids a better life. Because they know as an adult, well, when I was a kid, as an adult, they know it's not easy here. So you're just trying to open up a path for them so they know where to go. It's not, I I don't know how it was for you, but like I, sometimes I wouldn't even see my parents because they were working two jobs. So I had to learn a lot of things on my own. Thankfully, I had an older brother that put punched me in the side of the head. And, Man, you got to do this right. Do it like this. Hmm. So, tell me about Juan. You you guys are, are, are buds, right? Yep. When I first got here, to, to when I started school, since we didn't know no English, they had to take us to another school where they had ESL, which is you know like a teacher that speaks English and Spanish. Right. And then I met Juan. So this is way back when you were six years old? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they had to send us to another school, and we had the same classroom. And at the time, my parents had an apartment, and we were living in an apartment. And then we, my dad, we moved to a trailer park. And come to find out, he lived in the same trailer park. <laughs> so we always rode the bus together. I've been knowing him for a long time. Long Who came time. first? I don't remember. He did. The art. He got me this job. Oh, okay. So he came first. He brought you in. Yeah. I was going through a rough patch when he called me. It was bad. What was up? 
You don't want to talk about it. I mean, I don't mind. It was just like here, whenever you're trying so hard to 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 become something and it, it fails, you can hit depression. And the oh, yeah. depression is real. I, I didn't ever, you know, Mexican parents are like, oh, you're depressed. Ah, come on, man. Step it up or something. You know, they don't believe in that. But everything's happening so fast here that you, you can just drown yourself. And I was going through that time. I felt like I was not worth it. I felt like I, I started welding at 18. And I felt like, man, why am I doing this? Is this even worth it? Should I change it up or what should I do? And he called me up. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to go give it a try. Hmm. Because I feel like I've worked at a lot of companies and I always try to give the best that I got. And sometimes some companies, they really don't value that. You know, they really over, they don't pay attention to stuff like that. But here, they, you know, they give oh, yeah, you a, I know what a good weld is and what a they, bad weld yeah, is. Yeah, they give you a good, they keep an eye out for people like that here. Mm -hmm. That's why I like it. And there's, in other places, when they see a person like, oh, he's trying too much or he's working too fast or like Don't they try to shut that. it down. They try to shut it down. You know, they we try to break it down. And I was like, man, you know, I don't want to do this anymore because everywhere I go is the same. People bring you down. Yeah, the other day you told me something I didn't like. You said you're going to have to leave to move up. Well, and then, and then now we've got you doing field service. Yeah. Two axis CNC cutting, five axis press break. And now laser. Still I, think you got to leave to to move up? I, like I said, I'm not trying to brag or nothing like that. You know, I'm a humble man. But I get last week when I was coming back from Huntsville, I got a call from somebody that was hiring, and they were paying, you know, above thirty. You know, and wow, I'm not saying that's it's, a raise. Yeah, and but like I said, I worked in so many companies, made a certain amount of money that. It's not about the money, you know. It's it's about where you feel comfortable, and how you manage your money. You know, it's you have not, to figure out what would be best for you ten years from now. Owning my own company. Go for it. I did it. My my brother. He got a side job. Well, not a side job. He has his, a company name, but we really don't push it like that. So we have a job this weekend for Coca Cola, doing good. a rail, a rail. It's like they, they move pallets and they use the rail to put the pallet in there and they roll it out, not not like a conveyor. So we're going to do that. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to push that so maybe we can get our ourselves jobs, learning how to bid jobs and, you know, learning how to get jobs. That's the important thing. So that's what I tell people. My job here is to keep you guys happy. Mm -hmm. And so what I recognize in you, what you to keep you happy is new challenges. And that's why you're learning the new machines, you're doing field service, and, and now you got to learn lasers. So That's what I like. I like to keep uh, challenging myself, pushing my limits, because once you start getting comfortable, you start get like, lazy. Uh, yeah, you get lazy. And I, don't, I always like to be moving, doing something. I don't like to just be doing one thing. That's What's your dad I, think of what all you, you're doing? As a Mexican dad, he's always like, you can do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's like, I, I know he's proud, but he's not going to say it straightforward. But I, I, I know he's proud. You know, he raised us good, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he knows we do our best. Just like him, my my pops is real good at what he does. Over 30 years experience, you know, he, he was in Mexico. He was a welder. He was a pipeliner in Mexico. It's just that's that he, the top level welder in the world is, is the pipeline guy. Yeah. My brother being up and down Texas, New Mexico, he's been everywhere as well, welding with his truck. And I had the opportunity to do that. 
but I seen like they don't really have a life. Nope. He just got his RV going places to places and alone. You know, it's it's tough working like that. Mm-hmm. But that's what opened more doors for him. You know, he he learned how to do a lot of field work, and now he works at a plant. So he learned a lot of stuff and around around Texas that has helped him out where he's at now. You know, so that's pretty good for him. Yep, you got to figure out what's best for you, and I got to keep trying to keep you uh, challenged. Yeah. Okay, if you could rewind and go talk to your six-year-old self in Spanish, <laughs> what would you tell yourself? What would what do you what did you need to know? Ponte las pilas, cabrón. <laughs> got to translate that. I know the last word. Put the batteries on. No, I would tell myself, uh, like. In America, everything is at an arm's reach, you know, and if you can get lost by following the wrong crowd. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, I would just tell myself not to be so hard on yourself. You know, you're going to mess up. Just get up and keep moving. You know, it, it, it gets hard, but if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. No, it's the beauty of America. You get what you work for. Exactly. I always said what, what I'd go tech, tell my younger self was, it's going to be okay. Yeah, that's, I've been, like I told you, uh, before I started working here, I was going through a rough patch, and this company has helped me out. You know, I'm always here laughing, trying to get everybody to smile, and it, it, it makes me happy doing that. Oh, you just turned down a, you just turned down a race. Yeah, a couple of them, but it's, like I said, it's not a, I'm not bragging or nothing. It's just that I already, brag. I I already been doing all that. That I know if I go to a place, you're going to bust your butt and they're not going to recognize you. You know, here I, they recognize who I am and they give me the opportunity to grow. And that's what's going to put me ahead. Anybody can work. Anybody can learn how to weld and fabricate and they can do it. But, you know, what's, at what cause? All you all you all you you work so hard and all you have is just a lot of hours that you work and you got messed up back or you know i don't want that i don't want to be old and have messed up back you know you hadn't heard this story but way back when i got out of school i had two job offers i was top of the class i could get anything i wanted so i had two job offers one of them was at the nuclear plants they're building comanche peak near dallas and they're building the nuke plant in uh bay city and so they're hiring uh welding technicians like myself and uh and then i had another offer right here in houston texas at hughes tool for half as much money. I took the I took the job for half as much money, learned 10 times as much and I got no regrets. That's what I'm saying. Your it's, mileage may vary. It's not always about the money. It's, it's just about how much can you learn at a place. If I go to that place where they call me, I know I'm just going to be welding and welding and welding and welding and just mm-hmm. not learning nothing. I already know how to weld. I want to learn something, keep myself challenged, you know. Like that, the robots. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, it's good having you on the team. And, uh, okay, now I know my job is to keep you challenged Mm -hmm. so you don't go get a raise. Nah, I won't leave here that soon. (laughs) What do we miss? What else do you want to talk to? What points did you want to make? Here's your chance. Well, stop being so hard on immigrants. You know, they're not here to bother nobody. You're talking to who? To everybody. (laughs) Everybody who listens. You know, we're just here to make an honest living. And, you know, the the news portrays us as bad people, but we're really not. We're just 
trying to get ahead like everybody else. If you can do it, then I can do it too. You know, what's what's the difference? We're all human beings, you know. It's a land opportunity, and it seems to be working out for both you and me. And Juan. And Juan. For everybody, because he's in the same boat. Just got to keep on going. That's all you can do. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate you for having me. Let's uh let's let's get you back on later on whenever your status changes because it sounds like right now you got a tough a tough gig with this dreamer having to resubmit every every two years Mm -hmm. so come back and tell us how it's working out for you i will thank you thank you